everyone. Welcome to Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. I am your host, Sarah Sin, or short. Here with me is my minion of evil and my partner in crime, as always, Nathaniel. Hi, everybody. On the show, uh, again, we don't just talk about our, you know, our love of movies and analyze them. We also try to bring in the little element of horror and history and how horror movies tend to reflect society's fears. And also, since I'm a psychology major, uh, we also try to bring in the element of like mental health and well, psychology in general, whether it be how a specific horror movie or horror movies in general can be therapeutic or how a horror movie reflects mental health in any way. So trying to be different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so again, continuing our Robert England month, we have two more weeks of this, which I'm going to be sad because I love him. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so today's movie is 2011's Incubus, directed by Glenn, and this is where I'm going to mess up, Siano, I think. Yep, I think that's right. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm bad with names. I even practiced before. All right, we got the cast is Robert England as Incubus, William Forsythe, which I was surprised, I didn't know he was in this, as Detective mm -hmm. Diamante, Joey Fatone, which for some of you girls out there may know was from NSYNC, as Detective Carietti. Carretti? Carretti, thank you. Carretti. Yeah, Carretti. I can't read my handwriting. Ah. Jonathan Silverman is Officer Tech. We got Tom Paulino as Officer Meat. I'm just going by what IMDb said. Yes. Uh, Tom Danucci as Officer Pax, Mike Cerrone, Cerrone, Cerrone as Officer Mudge, Michelle Ray Smith as Officer Aaron Cole, and Diane Kane as Dr. Emily Winstrom. So, for his, huh? I, was, I didn't even recognize Jonathan Silverman in this movie. So, I. I know I when I looked at I was actually looking some stuff up online before I watched the movie and yeah. I was just surprised to see William Forsythe and then I, I actually have a whole little section on him so to yeah. talk about because I I love the man he's mm -hmm. he's awesome he's in everything he literally yeah like so horror history I got some weird stuff but just little things I kind of picked up um, I think part of it's like there's some fear of the unknown which kind of goes with like the fear of childbirth you know sure. a lot of times people uh, have anxieties of like having children and the unknown dangers that could happen to these children sure. might give birth to the spawn of Satan or a demon. Yeah. And sure. I know a lot of movies in the late set or in the seventies kind of had that theme mm -hmm. going on. So I picked up on that. I mean, fear of demons. There are people who are generally scared of, you know, demons sure. and being possessed and all that uh, fear, uh, the fear of what is real and what isn't real. Is this a dream? Was this a reality? So those are just a few little tiny ones I kind of picked up on. So sure. those are, yeah. I mean, they, the children, the childbirth one, even though it's a small scene, is still always something that clicks in my head of the fear of, you know, the unknown sure. of children, what mm -hmm. is going to happen. Uh, psychology, mental health. I got some anxiety. There's some grief, actual mental suffering, uh, regret, manipulation. We got guilt, quote, confronting your demons, uh, closure. So trying to find closure and some trauma. And mm -hmm. then I just want to side note of just saying most, this movie is mostly told through flashbacks by the character of Coretti. Mm -hmm. So that was my, that was, there's that little ditty for y'all. So the first thing I was going to talk about just in general, because some people may not know this, and I actually had to look up a little bit of the lore myself, is what an actual incubus is. Most mm -hmm. people have heard of a succubus, right? which is a female demon woman who goes out and has sexual relationships with men and you know 
manipulates them, seduces them. Sure. An incubus is actually the male counterpart right. to a succubus. So I found some interesting little facts about them. Um, yeah, so it's a male demon. It seeks to have sexual relations with women, female counterparts with succubus. Um, this, is, this one I found interesting because I didn't know this about the lore, is that an incubus itself is incapable of reproducing. Mm -hmm. So it uses sperm collected from a human male to impregnate a human female, and this child is called a cambion, C-A-M-B-I-O-N, and it's a human with magical or demonic abilities. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that. But I thought that was kind of interesting that, I, that they can't actually reproduce themselves. They have to use men yes. in a way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that was just interesting for me. I love folklore, so. Yep. And then in some lores, they're the same creature. The incubus and the succubus are one and the same, and they can just switch like, yes. back and forth in gender. And yep. when it is in the female form, that's how they seduce men to collect the sperm, to switch back to being a, a male, mm -hmm. to pregnant a woman. So it's kind of... I don't know. I don't know if you looked up anything on an incubus, but or if you knew anything in general. <laughs> but I had to look it up a little bit for myself. Um, I knew a little bit, uh, uh, mostly just as a horror uh, geek in general. Um, but the uh, uh, a famous example of uh, of the cross gender version uh, would be in uh, was in the Dark Tower series, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Um, if you are familiar with those books, you might remember um, in the first book, Roland the Gunslinger has sex with the Oracle on the mountain. Uh, and then what ends up occurring is later on, the demon actually changes gender. And, and, and as uh, you pointed out, Sarah, it holds on to Roland's sperm. And then what it does is it, it ends up uh, raping the female character, Susanna, who then gives birth to the half demon child that it's also half Roland's. Um, that book series is uh, pretty weird and pretty wild. Um, but that was basically uh, the idea. It was, it was a succubus, incubus, that it's basically the same demon, and it changes gender based on what it needs to do to reproduce. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the Dark Tower series is, I guess, worth reading. But, um, it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I knew about incubus and succubus from a couple of other things um, here and there, but, uh, but yeah, that's a pretty succinct uh, definition. Yeah, the incubus, yeah. the incubus is the male version. The succubus is the female version. Female version, yeah. Well, I mean, Stephen King tends to do very good, I think. I mean, I don't read a lot of his books, but just I read up about him, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, he seems to do a lot of research on folklore, creatures, or cryptids before he actually uses them Yeah. to make sure he gets the lore correct. And then yeah. he might manipulate it a little, you know, because you want to change it up. But sure. he seems to do a really good job mm -hmm. with that. Because yep. I know that when, I think in Pet Cemetery in the actual book, the Wendigo shows up. Yes. It's part of it. Yep. So, which is part of my Native American culture. That's one of yep. our lore. Yep. So, the lore from the movie I liked. I actually did, of course, write down the actual mm -hmm. lore because that's how I am. Yep. And it's said by uh, Diamante's um, therapist, the Dr. Emily, and I just forgot her last name. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Emily Winstrom. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And she said, one of my patients was an old German woman who claimed she was impregnated by a demon, a demon who needed a human host to regenerate. At the end of its 100-year life cycle, he would find a host, plant a seed, and die at sunrise. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of, that was really cool. Yeah, it's clever. It doesn't have yeah. a lot in common with the actual incubus, but... Uh... No, but they kind of, like, 
tweaked it a little. Yeah. Because he's still trying to impregnate a woman, but it's in order to be reborn so he can yeah. continue living. This is, uh, I think that the, uh, the, the demon that Robert Englund plays is much more of the generic uh, evil for the sake of evil yeah. uh, type of, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's still a great performance. As we say every week, Robert Englund is a great actor. He's great oh, yeah. in this film. Uh, I don't know if the film itself is that good, but he is very good in it and has a ball with his role as you always. That's, that's like all the notes I took throughout yeah. the whole movie. The whole movie was like, you can tell Robert England is having a blast with this character. First of all, time. he's like front and center. So mm -hmm. one of the things I was reading up on, cause I was trying to read some reviews if people liked it or not. And I wrote, I forgot to write down who it was. I'm sorry. It was like horror something mentioned that, um, like one of the things that people use for these like low budget films is like they try to get a big name like Robert England, sure. put him on the poster and then they end up on screen for like 10, 15 minutes. But yes. Robert England's like start to finish in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like I would actually put him as probably, I know Coretti is supposed to be like the protagonist and the main character, but I would put Robert England really because he's just. Yeah, he's definitely there. the star. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what I liked about it. And yeah, you can tell he's having fun. Like he's just, he was. I don't know. I just loved him as Incubus. He just did a great, great job. Quite the character from his tone of voice to like his facial expressions and body language mm -hmm. just fit the character of the Incubus so perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah. So, and again, like I say, every time with Robert England, he always pulls your attention no matter what. Like oh, he yeah. can be on the screen for five minutes, but you are always watching him mm -hmm. because of just how good of an actor is. He knows how to use everything, his face, his body, like his, like I said, his tone of voice. He knows how to use it very well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I uh, my favorite thing about this performance is I was noticing how uh, once again, like we talked about uh, with uh, Pam of the Opera, is that he's a pretty good looking guy, and uh, and I was watching the movie and being like the the he's dressed up for most of the film in like a suit and he looks great, and then he kind of gets ready for the sex scene and he takes it off and you see like the paunch. And everything, and he's like, well, he's not so attractive anymore. And I, I identify with that because that's basically what I—that's how it works with me. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm really, really handsome until uh, until I take off uh, uh, my top layer, and then everybody's like, oh shit, he's fat. Um, so I, I, that was Stop what it. I appreciated. That's what I appreciated about the film. I was like, oh, he's, he's pulling off the uh, the Nathaniel special. Uh, I look, <laughs> Nathaniel I look, special. <laughs> I look great in a suit, and then you take off the suit, and it's like, oh, okay. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, and at least he has an excuse. He was like, he's like 65, but I, uh, but yeah. I think he looked great personally. So even with his little like suspenders. Yeah, <laughs> his old man, his long johns and suspenders. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, um, he looks like a grizzled old prospector all of a sudden. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a great performance. He he obviously, and again, he has it's a it's infectious. Um, and it brings the film up, uh, up a level for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's obviously, the film is obviously low budget. Uh, yeah. Oh the, yeah. The quality of the, uh, of the actual camera work is a little bit, uh, is, is clearly lacking. Um, mm -hmm. they have to rely on some, uh, some, unfortunately a little bit too obvious editing to cover a few effects they clearly couldn't afford. Um, right. And so I think that if anybody but Robert Englund had played this role, it would have been uh, completely forgettable. Um, and uh, and that's not a slam on the movie. That's just that's, that's just the unfortunates of, of low budget film. No. Sometimes it's just not going to work out. Um, but uh, he yeah. uh, Englund 
really brings it up from what would probably be a fairly forgettable B movie to actually something that's worth watching. And, um, and, uh, not, not, not to mention, of course, I liked William, it. William Forsyth, but, uh, um, who's another great character actor. Oh my God. Yes. Like yeah. I said, I have a whole page on him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah, he has, and I just a, loved his lines too in this movie, mm-hmm. Robert England. Yeah. My favorite line was when he's like, Abra fucking Kadabra. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I had to rewind it because I just was like that. I don't say it as good as Robert England does, but. Right. Yeah. It was my favorite line. Yeah. And the, the, the general mockery of the character, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a situation that he clearly kind of can't lose uh, and doesn't lose. Um, <clears throat> spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, I mean, um yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's such an interesting performance for him to uh, kind of come, go back to so, something similar. I think we talked about with like Family of the Opera again was sort of like, you're still kind of playing Freddy here, but it's a, it's a Freddy with intelligence. It's a Freddy with, uh, with class. Um, a good looking Freddy. A good looking Freddy, you know, a Freddy with a Freddy with an education. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, which is, like I said, it's very similar to a lot of, uh, cinematic devils which are mm-hmm. usually you know kind of based off like the rolling stones you know uh you know man of wealth and taste um and so that it's just something he brings a lot to the role here um which is the uh the class the uh i'm trying to think of the right word basically well, I said the, he was like so i said he was like suave and calm and cool he was very collected like he just you know i mean he's manipulating he's yeah. manipulative but he's also yeah. witty cunning mm-hmm. Like he's very clever and mischievous. It's like all these things he's just boiled yeah. down to just one, and he just plays it off so well. Mm-hmm. And the character itself, I thought, was interesting. You know, he has like the mind bending, re- what is it, reality bending magic. He's mm-hmm. like he psychologically toys with his victims. He like it's like playing the game of what they call it, cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Like he really, really enjoys that in yeah. the movie as the character. And like I actually really liked when they would kind of like go back and forth with the camera editing for like when he was actually like impersonating someone. Yeah. So in some parts you'd see the person, but then it'd flash over and it'd be really him mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth. I don't know. I just, I really liked that. Like yeah. going back and forth. Cause it wasn't like super fast. It wasn't like boom, boom, boom. It was like a few lines and a few lines is Robert England, a few lines is the character. And I was like, I like this. Like, cause then you're realizing, you're realizing what he's doing. Like right. He's really mentally, fucking with these people and that's yeah. what he likes to do yeah as you know as an incubus this like he just loves doing this and you can tell mm-hmm. he just loves toying with them yeah and again he does it really well robert england just play- and he plays it so calm like he's not up you know he's he's not animated and going overboard right. and like making crazy facial expressions he's very like calm cool and collected while he does it yeah which i think yeah. makes him a little more scarier because he's just very chill about what he's doing mm-hmm. this incubus just like yeah i do this all the time as yeah. we notice and as we notice when he talks about how he's been killing people throughout history right like um black dahlia black dahlia yeah he mentions to, black dahlia that, yeah yeah that he had killed her uh, i forgot her name elizabeth something uh yeah i don't remember off the top of i just i wrote it down too and then as i re because i always rewrite my notes i forgot to put the last name i just put elizabeth because i'm great like that that's what i do but yeah the one scene i will say i liked with him was the whole time he's taunting officer meat with the character i think yeah. his name's miles 
the young mm-hmm. boy, the young teenager, mm-hmm. that one just kind of blew my mind. Just how, I don't know, like you're just seeing everything like fold out and yeah. just play out with him. And you're just like, this guy is going to beat the crap out of this kid and kill him. Right. He's going to beat the shit out of him. And you're just watching it unfold and there's like nothing you can do. Right. But I just like that scene just as the incubus, how he toys with his victims. I think that, I mean, for me, I think that was a really good scene to show how he toys with them and right. how he can manipulate them and how he can get them to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He just knows that little, oh, your last nerve to get on. Yes. Yeah. So, I, don't know I, like, I like the, uh, I like the never ending staircase. Uh, it was a very subtle, subtle effect of the characters walking uh, down the spiral staircase. Well, it's more oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's more like a square. But um, they just have them keep going through the frame a couple of times. It's really, really clever. Um, and it's, uh, it, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a way of, uh, 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 an inexpensive way to show production value without having mm-hmm. money. Um, right. So, I mean, it's a very, very clever effect and it really works out and it makes, uh, it's, it has a great, there's a great visual metaphor to that. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff in this movie. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I, yeah. I know it's not the greatest, excuse me, movie of all time. It's very low budget, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of low budget movies can be like underrated gems. Like, and I'll, and I'll always say this, like Mikey's McMurrin's, you know, yeah, Secret Santa, such a great, like underrated gem, B movie, low budget, but he pulls it off beautifully, you know? So a yeah. lot of these low budget movies can be pulled off. And I like this. I like the story. I mean, yeah, it's not, again, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but I right. think for what it was, I think it was pretty good. And I personally thought Joey Fatone did a really good job. I've actually seen him in other movies. Yeah. He's not a bad actor at all. No, he's, not. he's actually very, very good. Yeah. If you actually, if you can get past the fact that he was in a boy band, like just get over it. He was in a boy band. So what? I, I had actually, I had actually completely forgotten that uh, uh, it. Uh, I didn't make that connection. Um, I know, really? I, <laughs> I knew, I knew, I know. Joey Fatone was a member of of In uh, Sync, but I had uh, when I watched the movie, I didn't make that connection that it was that Joey Fatone. Um, so I was like, and yeah. I knew that I knew that he was an actor. I knew that Joey Fatone had become an actor, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't connect this guy. Like I said, I I didn't even recognize Jonathan Silverman until you said it, and I was like, oh, that's a Jonathan Silverman. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't the death scene it. was the hardest. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. for me the mo- that was the most uh, messed up kill was mm-hmm. um, his. Was it Officer Tech? I think I said it was his name. Yeah. yeah, his. I wrote it down, like because oh my god, just the way Robert England delivered the line. He was like, you "Can't pull that trigger. You can't even move. There's nothing you can do about this." And then stabbed him. Yeah. Like that just that that kill was probably my favorite and the most messed up, mm-hmm. which makes it probably messed up that I, it was my favorite kill. No. But it was just the like the presentation of it of like, again, like Robert England just has delivered these lines like, guess what? I'm about to kill you and there's no. nothing you can do about it. And you're watching the guy and you're like, yeah, there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. He's going to die. Mm-hmm. That, for me, that was my favorite kill. And again, it's another beautiful scene of how Robert England can just take some very simple lines and make them fantastic. For sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I usually have a thesaurus so I can say more words than I do and then I forget all my vocabulary. So I'll say the same thing over and over again. I don't That's mean fine. to. But um, 
but anything else you want i just i i don't know i i pretty much said all that oh one thing i caught um when robert england's talking to diamante about his wife did you catch her name uh no i guess i didn't nancy nancy okay like nightmare is a little nod to nightmare on elm street because he's like he said something like i know how special she was to you to Mm -hmm. diamante so yeah yeah and her name was nancy and i was like ah i saw that one i caught that one Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you can get a lot by me but that one you didn't get by me so i caught that one well i went went over my head i didn't notice so yeah oh really i just i i i also watch with closed captioning I do too. I just didn't. It just didn't. It, it just didn't make that connection. Yeah, I, I do uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's clever. I, but, but yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else. To, I mean, you, you want you wanted to talk about William Forsythe? Oh yeah, I was just saying like that man is in everything. Like I was looking through his like movies, and I mean he does at, at all. Like he doesn't. He does action movies. He does. I know, horror movies he does tv shows like he was in but he seems to do a lot in the horror genre i will give yes. him that he seems to enjoy the horror genre the most he was in dick tracy yes um he, he, he was in shark man with jeffrey combs which yes i have seen that movie mm-hmm. and i loved it uh devil's rejects he was in halloween um uh, rob zombies halloween 2007 yep. he was in deuce bigelow male gigolo he was in mm-hmm. the rock uh, for TV shows, he was in The Mentalist, Boardwalk Empire, The yep. Mob Doctor, Hawaii Five-0, and the Masters of Horror series. Like, he just, he is in everything. Yeah, very, very successful character actor. Yeah, he really is. He's really good. Like, and I I very rarely can recognize him either. It's his voice that gives it away. Yeah. Because he's always under, like, prosthetics. Even if he's just playing, like, another human being, I always notice he has prosthetics on him. He does a lot. He does a lot of stuff that uh, does a lot of protein stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always, I'm always able to recognize him. I always feel like uh, that we noticed that uh, is a very distinct look. But, mm-hmm. uh, but he's very, uh, he's all, he's all over the place in how he plays things that he ultimately mm-hmm. does appear differently. I think. Mm-hmm. And um, now, obviously, there are films that he was absolutely wearing, like uh, playing uh, Flathead in uh, yes. Tracy, for example. Yep. Um, that was the name of the villain, right? It was Flathead. Yeah, Flathead. Dick yeah. Tracy, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen Dick Tracy in forever. Me either. Um, <laughs> I have the VHS tape somewhere in my in storage, but I haven't watched it in, in many, many years. But, um, but yeah, I remember him. <clears throat> I remember him primarily in... Um, the first time I ever saw him was he was the villain in Mark... Not Mark for Death, uh, Out for Justice, the Steven Seagal... Uh, uh, action movie, uh, and remembering that it seemed very kind of odd that he was suggested to be a physical threat to Steven Seagal. Uh, but uh, and that's another movie that he plays this very kind of uh, slovenly, piggish uh, mobster. And uh, but then he like counteract that with like a very physical threat role in say Devil's Rejects, and mm-hmm. he's all over the place. Um, in he was good of, in Devil's Rejects. He was, yeah, he was, he was the part. Yeah, I I didn't actually didn't even recognize him in that one. Yeah, I made the connection after. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like Devil's Rejects, but I liked him in it. So really, Um, I love Devil's Rejects. Everybody loves Rejects. I I can't stand any of Rob Zombie's work, but really, I don't. I I will say like, and again, I've said this before. Like, I'm not a fan of his Halloween. I think if I if I watch it as a separate movie, I love it. Sure. But if I'm trying to connect it to the original. 
I'm not a fan because and my biggest thing that I liked about the original is that you don't know why he went crazy. Right. Why Edgar Myers went crazy. There's no explanation. He comes from this middle class, you know, suburban family and he goes nuts. I right. like that. Mm -hmm. When you try to give an explanation all the time, for me, it doesn't always work, especially with him. So that's just my thing. But I think sure. all of his other movies are fantastic. Rob Zombie. Like, I think yeah. he does a really good job. And I love his music. So, I mean, I am right. a huge fan of his music. I listen to it a lot when I'm at the gym. Mm -hmm. I do. I just Fair listened to, like, three of his songs earlier at the gym today. <laughs> yeah. So I think all around he's good. I just, but yes, Devil's Rejects is probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. It's very, very well done. It was, yeah. Well, I'll have to cover that one sometime because... Since you don't like it and I like it, we'll have a yeah, nice debate. There would be, yeah. <laughs> it has the use of my favorite song in the entire world, Freebird. I have it tattooed on the back oh, of my neck. Oh, God. I hated that. That That's one of the things really? that made me very, very angry with that movie. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, <sighs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, William Forsyth, I mean, I, I remember distinctly that uh, uh, going to see Devil's Rejects with one of my friends, and uh, we were hating it, hating it, hating it. And then when William Forsyth uh, kind of uh, changes, uh, kind of turns it around on them and starts hunting them, we're like, hey, this has turned into a really great movie. Mm -hmm. And then it goes back to being what it was, and we were like, oh, come on. But um, oh. <laughs> but we were like, yeah, William, For William Forsyth, uh, Forsyth chasing uh, Sherry Moon Zombie with an axe, that, that was, I was in for that. But mm -hmm. But yeah, Pretty very good. yeah, very great, uh, but very great actor, um, very successful uh, character actor. Yeah, he was very sympathetic in this movie. You're very, I think, you yeah. kind of empathize with him. He lost his, uh, so he loses his wife to the incubus. Mm -hmm. His son is never found. Yes. And then the only thing I was a little confused about, and I was going to rewatch the movie, I just didn't get a chance to, was because I have to watch in sections. Sure. Uh, was how, why incubus was going after diamante or trying to get him back in the first place because so that was the whole point of him bringing himself into that precinct was that he wanted diamante there to right. bring diamante in and the only thing i remember robert england saying is like you made me lose like my drive and the something like the killing wasn't even i don't know i just that was the only part i was confused about I was like i get it incubus came killed his wife took his son and but how was he close to catching him and never i don't feel like it ever no, I don't. How Diamante was close to catching this. No, I don't. I don't think it's derivative. I don't. Don't remember it being specifically stated. I. I assumed it was a worthy opponent thing. Okay. Um. That is another. It's another cliche in serial mm -hmm. killer movies or uh, uh or even devil movies, of the uh, the villain fixating on, um, uh, a particular uh, adversary that they mm -hmm. enjoy, uh, playing with enjoy uh like uh uh a pretty on uh <laughs> whether or not it's underrated or not uh but there's one called the watcher starring uh, keanu reeves and uh james spader and it's like the entire plot of that movie is uh keanu reeves playing a serial killer who just really really likes um james spader's detective and wants him to to engage in this cat and mouse detective killer dynamic and that's what I was reading. That's how I read this was that it was like, he just enjoys uh, this guy being good at what he is, going, uh, oh, okay. you, you know, and that he wants, he wants this detective to be after him because it's fun. Okay. Like a part of his little game. The best partner he could, the, the best adversary he can have. He, he wants, oh, okay. a good, wants a good opponent. That's okay. how I read that it. That makes sense. 
Yeah. yeah, I just that was the only thing I had a hard time trying to figure out. I, like, like a, I said, yeah, you know, kind of like a, a chess player looking, uh, an expert chess player looking for another expert chess player. Okay, just someone that can go toe to toe with him, yeah. kind of thing. I think so. Or I head think to that head. Was, yeah, it wasn't specifically stated, but I think that was sort of the idea. I think that, that's how I read it anyway. That he just wanted oh. uh, wanted him wanted his old uh, nemesis back. Right. But I did like, like I said, I like this character. Like, I feel like he was very sad, you know, he was very depressed, you know, he lost his family, but he also seemed very tired. Like he was done fighting. That was what and I that, noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Tired, just done. He And he needed clo- some closure. Like that's definitely where the closure part comes in. I <coughs> you know that's seen with him and his son, who's really incubus posing as his son. He says right. like, you need closure, closure. And he even mentioned something about, he was like, yeah, you need to, you know, stop chasing your demons or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I liked that scene too. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. But I just felt the whole time I'm watching him, I'm just like, he's tired. He's done. Like he just yep. wants this to end and he just wants it. He just wants it to end. And he does. Yeah. In yeah. the end, he does. He kills himself, which makes Incubus, pisses Incubus off. Right. Which I will say that was not a climactic death scene for the, for the villain. No. Like that was, I was like, he gets shot like two times and explodes. That's it. That's all. That's all we get. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think they quite knew how to end it. Um, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, and uh, other than I think wanting to, uh, I feel like to a degree it was an ends justify the means thing where they wanted Joy Fatone in the, to do the flashback bit, which was, I don't, I think it was extraneous. I don't think they really need that, but I would have been willing to follow, just follow the story of uh, the devil walks into a precinct and mm-hmm. causes problems. I would have been able to, I would have been happy to follow that movie. Um, I don't know if I needed the cop in, in a padded cell recounting the story, uh, but it's not, it, it isn't terrible. Like it doesn't like, you know, I'm like, it just feels unnecessary, but. Yeah, but at least I, I liked about it was that it didn't, go back and forth a lot like it wasn't no, I like agree. they didn't yeah. jump around a lot it was kind of i think they did a nice job with the pacing yes like like yeah. i like we talked about with the one downfall about like a, a christmas horror story was that it just jumped around too much jumped around a little, too kind of hard to like pay attention really but yeah um this one i think the pacing went really nicely and i mean i thought it was kind of cool the the death scene of officer aaron with the demon baby coming out sure killing her like that was pretty i'm like thank god i'm not wasn't pregnant when i saw this movie right right <laughs> i will i do appreciate uh i do appreciate her and her uh bra and panties at the beginning too that's uh that's pretty good um, in the beginning yeah i did appreciate that she was definitely easy Which I, and then it was really incubus i didn't realize that until at the very very end when she says something to him about er, er, earlier today and he's like oh, what are you talking about i wasn't here earlier today right she's like and then she realizes it was really the demon yeah. that got to her and she pieces it all together with the, the, what the um, therapist had said about the German woman. Yeah. You know, and now she's like, Oh shit. Yep. Like she knows what's going to happen now. Like she's just looking and like, Oh crap. Yeah. He already got now. what he wanted. He already got what he wanted well before the whole thing started. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He did. Um, he did. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, she was easy on the eyes and I, I get, uh, it was one of those movies that I, I suddenly got the cliche about people being like, Oh, you know, people in uniform. Cause, uh, I don't know. It was kind of hot with her in the cost in the detective, uh, in the cop costume. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's it's like a very popular stripper costume, just so you know. Is it really? Oh. Yeah, it was a very, it, uh, especially uh, male. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I think I knew that, yeah. Yeah, but us, like, us females yeah. did definitely enjoy it because the men enjoy it, so. Mm. That oh, was a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> right. Then I was just saying, I was like, oh, she's actually still pretty sexy in a, in a cop outfit that's kind of well they say men are sexy in a uniform but i think yeah. women are just as sexy in a uniform i agree that's out. what i mean yeah you know? i feel like this uh this movie guy was like oh, i kind of i kind of get that cliche now yeah yeah, yeah. the uniform mm-hmm. yeah i already said everything i want to say about him i just wanted to talk because he's just so great and mm-hmm. like seriously if you want to watch a really fun beef like watch shark man is so great he's like yeah. the hero in the movie like like whereas like like he's all buff and wears like this nice tight like white t-shirt mm-hmm. and like i'm i didn't even realize it was him and i was like he's kind of cute too and i'm like that's william forsyth really yeah and i was like wow well i guess he looks really good well talent talent, talent is uh, talent is attractive it is it's very yeah. but no one will beat my jeffrey combs i will just say that sure. oh, yeah we know that mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually like the kills though. So that was the other thing I was gonna I wanted to talk about was I think sure. even for a low budget they didn't do too bad with the special effects. I mean they weren't again weren't great and fantastic, but I sure. think for what they had what they did they did a pretty good job. I mean when they cut the therapist in half, I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, he cuts yeah. her in half and even pulls he her right apart like, yeah. and everything's just laying out there. I was like that was actually really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I thought that was really good. No, I, I agree. I think it was, it was a really well made. It was a really well done scene. Yeah. Yeah. That one. And then the, the officer tech was the hard one just because that was just so like a mm. mind fuck. Yeah. It, was, it really was. Yeah, totally. And I, then, um, and then he rips, what was it? Uh, officer meets spine out. That was, I like, I wasn't expecting that. And that was another one. I was like, that's actually pretty good too. Like, I agree. They actually, I think they had some pretty, the only death scene I wasn't really interested in was how Incubus died. I think that was very, like I said, anticlimactic. It could have been way better, or at least something. The micro, the I microwave. I kind of wish he just, yeah, the microwave, was, did he have a pacemaker? Is that what it was? That was supposed to be the idea. Yeah. Okay. I, was, thought that was a little, I thought that was a little weak, but, um, and it, 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 it was one of those things that felt very much like a, uh, uh, We've talked. I can't remember which film we talked about it, but we talked about another film that there was some padding. That they added a couple of kills that seemed just to be like to fill out the runtime. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what movie we were talking about where we talked about that, but no, no, um, but we did. It was one of them. We thought, oh, I think it was one of the reanimators. It was oh, it was uh, 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 Beyond Reanimator. Beyond Reanimator. Yeah, we talked right. about how there were some kills that seemed to be just there to fill out the runtime. Um, I feel right. like. I feel like the pacemaker uh, death felt like padding up the runtime. Um, yeah, because okay. it wasn't even it wasn't even that it wasn't even that clever. Um, uh, and no, but I mean I haven't done the research on. I think the microwave pacemaker thing is something of a myth anyway. I think probably an urban legend. Probably, Ha-ha. probably. Um, <laughs> See but, what I did there. Uh, but yeah, uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up real quick now. I'm curious. So the microwave pacemaker. I actually don't know much about pacemakers. The only thing I remember was uh, in the movie The Core, mm-hmm. where something happens and all these people die, and they bring uh, what's his name and and they're like, "This is what happened." Do you know how they died? And he was like, "They all have pacemakers." Yeah. And that's the only time I ever was like, I was like, "What's a pacemaker?" And Micro- I didn't know. Yeah. Microwave ovens, electric blankets, and power tools cannot cannot damage your pacemaker. So it is in fact an urban legend. 
Just like how um, women with breast implants, they don't explode when you fly in a plane. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I, it, uh, Urban Legends Urban last legends. week. There you go. But yeah. Um, and even if it did, I don't think it would cause like a, a, a burn across the chest or anything like that. But no. But yes, there was, there is a, a, that, that kind of urban legend of uh, that if you use a microwave, it will cause your pacemaker to blow up. Yeah, I'd actually never heard of that. So that's why I was like, is it a pacemaker? I didn't really know. Yeah, that's, that was supposed to be the idea that, yeah, he has a pacemaker. And the, the idea is that if you turn up the microwave high enough, it will cause the pacemaker, the microwave, the radiation in the microwave from, from the microwave, the microwave right. transmission mm -hmm. will cause your pacemaker to stop working. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, okay. That's weird. Yeah. yeah I, and I that's, never heard of that. Oh, you see, that's what they were banking on. They, they were, I guess they, they were hoping everybody would know that, I guess. But. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, and then Diamante, I did say, I thought Diamante's scene was kind of, it was like sad that he killed himself, but at the same time, right. I felt like relief for him. Like he had, does that make sense? Like it, yeah. it made me sad because he killed himself. He, you know, shoots himself because he knows that's the only way apparently to get back at the incubus but at the same time you're kind of like now he doesn't have to fight anymore he doesn't have to be tired he's not you know he can just rest in peace right and just right. reunite with his wife and just be done with everything so that one was kind of for me a little bit like you're very um yeah you're like two-sided on that which which then again is happens in real life with people you know yes. yeah you know it's one of those things where Again, this definitely I will say reflects that little scene can reflect like how I felt watching it and how I felt for him being mm -hmm. like sad he died, but also relief for the character. Sure. You know, definitely reflects, I think, how in, you know, it's another reflection of history. And again, it's like, um, a, you know, an example I can always give is my mother. Like for the longest time, you know, we just prayed for a miracle. Miracles happen every single day. Mm -hmm. And you just pray, pray, pray. And you're just hoping, hoping, hoping. And then you get to the point where you're just like, I just want her to go in peace. Right. Please just let her like stop, take away her pain and just, sure. so it, it, it definitely, it, I think reflected a little. Yeah, just definitely. That scene, just that tiny scene. Yeah. And Forsyth can, is a, is a strong enough actor to be able to play that. Um, yeah. In a way though, it's, uh, it's very much, um, a lot of this film is playing off of some pretty common tropes in mm. uh, particularly serial killer movies. Um, where the burned out detective, the, the, the tired burned out detective is, yeah. is a trope. And Forsyth is actually able to give that, um, uh, is to be able to give that gravitas. He's able to kind of go beyond just a, uh, a cliche and offer a character who is, uh, as you said, he's, he's very tired um, without playing it um, without playing it as pathetic, without playing it as, yeah. as, as, uh, begging for sympathy. Right. He's able to just play it naturally enough that you just feel sympathetic for the guy. Yeah. And, um, that's a, that's a hell of a feat to do because a lot of actors would try to, would overdo it. You know, I agree. Uh, a lot of films overdo it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, uh, I can't remember if it was with you or if it was with Sam on the other show, but we talked uh, at something, we talked about the burned out detective trope of, you know, they would, you would normally, you know, maybe another, in a lesser film or with a lesser actor, you'd see him like taking swigs off the flask. Right. No one's looking, 
you know, mm-hmm. thinking, putting the gun in his mouth, crying. And, but instead, Forsyth is just, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm very tired. Because, facial, again, his facial expressions, his body language just really yeah. resonated all that. Mm-hmm. In a very, yeah, like you said, it wasn't over the top. You yeah. didn't, like, he wasn't even, like, victimizing himself. He wasn't playing a victim. He just... No. You just so totally empathize with that character. And, yeah, yeah and like, like, even in low-budget movies, you can still find these little amazing actors who can just pull those little pull in your heartstrings and pull on you know you know people always put these low budget movies down as like they're crap or they're this and i'm like you know there's a lot of good actors in them and a lot of them have heart they have great stories you just have to get over that they're low budget and you're not going to get your big budget saw movie which i love saw anyways but i'm just you know you're not going to get that big budget you know over you know Right, just, you know, low budget is just as good. I mean, the original Halloween is a low budget movie. Yes, you know, it wasn't in the original Night of Living Dead's a low budget movie, and these are masterpieces. So, yeah, yeah so totally. yeah, I think you can find a lot in little the little B flicks. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my mom always called them. She loved B flicks. Yeah. She watched all the ones from the fifties. So I'm gonna yeah. be excited when we get to the fifties. Yeah in the future because those are ones my mom always watched and i watched a bunch of them so i know a lot of them mm-hmm. so but i think i already went over all the kills yep so yeah so i was like yep robert england i just really wanted to go over what an incubus was because i know for myself like i knew a little bit but i didn't know as much as there was for the lore so i was kind of excited to give a little bit of that but yeah. I, again like i think um I really think Joey Fatone did a good job too. Like I really want to just put him out there as like, I was a huge fan of NSYNC and I know a lot of times with these kind of people, like they really want to shed that image. Yeah. Like I'm not just some boy band, which again, I loved it. I don't care. I loved NSYNC, you know, and I think he did a good job in this movie kind of shedding that little boy band image. And again, I don't think he was over the top. I don't think he was, I think people just have to get past the fact that he's Joey Fatone. Yeah, I, I think I agree. He's yeah. just look at him as just Joey Fatone. He's no longer in sync. He's just Joey Fatone. And I think I he deserves a little more credit than some people might give him. Yeah. Because I really think he did a good job. Like, you can tell he was very sad with his, or, you know, very depressed and disappointed when his wife died. And then he's trying so desperately to get this therapist while he's in the straitjacket to believe his story because he's like, this is really what happened. Like, right. please believe me. And he's very like, again, I don't think he was over the top or did too much crazy stuff. He just really, I think he sold it again. Low budget, but I think he did a good job. Yeah, I think he did a good job. Yeah. You know, he wasn't that bad. Um, there was a line he said, and I wrote it down, and now I can't find it, which I thought was a really good line he gave. And he said something like, oh, man, I really wish I was better with my with my notes sure he just uh yeah i can't find it now oh well oh another thing i saw that i wanted to say did you notice that the incubus could turn into black smoke i didn't notice but yes uh and i was like supernatural mm-hmm. yeah so that was another little one i picked up just because i love supernatural and i am kind of sad that it's gone it's yeah done, but i guess there's not much i can I could do about it. There's not much, so. there's nothing anybody can do about that. No. No. But there was a few more scenes I like. Oh, the whole scene with the fingerprints I thought was interesting. Yeah. Where they were like, we ran his fingerprints and each each fingerprint was a like 
was different and was mm -hmm. linked to a different person all like murdered yeah like, and then he was like well run again he's like i did and he's like 10 other names came up all victims of murder and i was just like and he's i was like ah and then that goes into the whole scene and i think i think that leads into the scene where he talks about or is after this no leads into the scene where he talks about how he basically was like killed the black dahlia mm -hmm. he did a lot of the old like back the day murders and he even like hints that he was jack the ripper because he gets pretty mad when when one of the guys says oh you think you you're saying you're jack the ripper and he was like got yeah. all pissed off about being called that mm -hmm. so that was one of my other scenes i really liked yeah but like, I don't know, I thought it was, and I thought it was kind of in a way a little bit like a, not a slow burn, but like, I think I like that they kind of took their time building a little bit up to really establish Robert England's Incubus character. I mean, the movie, the movie itself is a very short runtime. It's like an hour and 10 minutes, I want to say. Right. So it's very short. So it's not like they took 45 minutes to establish it, but for the, the length it was, I think they kind of slowed it down a little to really establish because there's a it's a good chunk of them just talking interrogating incubus as he's just sitting in a chair after he brings the head of the girl in yes and it does before it really like gets going into like the kills and the manipulation the cat and the mouse mm -hmm. and it, i like that they were really establishing who incubus was yeah for me yeah he's a pretty know. well defined character yeah yeah i liked him mm -hmm. But I think that I think actually we covered everything. This is probably gonna be another short episode. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it, it, it's the other uh, the other podcast I'm involved with. Uh, sometimes this goes way too long, so I I, I actually appreciate that these are a little bit more uh, concise. Yeah, I uh, like to keep them at least like forty five minutes to yeah. an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like once, like if we have a guest, I don't mind if it goes over because you know we have a third person involved. So yeah. like. Like I said, I really liked the one. I really enjoyed our one with Mikey for Secret Santa. That was so much fun. I didn't even feel like we talked for like an hour and 20 minutes, but it was really no. fun. Yeah, it was So I don't part. mind. It's just nice to have. Oh, okay. The last one. Okay. I found one of my, th my oh, notes okay. that I liked. Because right. as a therapist, I'm thinking like, this is something I would might have to say to someone in the future. But at the, towards the end, he was like, therapist at Coretti's character, Coretti's character was Joy Fatone. He goes, the truth is you had a trauma. You lost a baby. Right. You lost a loved one and yes. you are, de you're dealing with it by fabricating illusions and making up demons. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, I do. Uh, I have to, that's how I'm going to have to talk. Quite possibly. Yeah. You know, I mean, hopefully I don't have to deal with that, but I mean, I'm going to have to deal with a lot of different stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but that's way in the future. I got so much. To do. I still have to get my, I haven't even got my bachelor's and I have to get a master's. You yeah. actually can't get a job with a bachelor's degree in psychology. You have to have no. a master's. So yeah. I got a long ways to go, people. So was there anything else you wanted to talk about? <laughs> no, I think you summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in the end, it was a good, I think it was a good low budget movie. It's yeah. not, you know, going to win any Academy Awards, but I mean, it's still a good movie yeah. like, it, for us in the horror community. And if you're a fan of Robert England, I think it's definitely worth the watch just for him. Yeah. England, England's is, England's performance is, is really quite something here. So that's, and that's William Forsyth. I think the two of them really just brought this movie right. I think it just gave the movie color and yeah. spirit. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really made the movie well, yes. what it was. It was a yeah. fun watch, you yep. know, and with the inter- and they really tried to be a little different, I think, by changing the Incubus story. You know, they could have just stuck with the same, right. here's the Incubus story that you've heard all, you know, forever, but we're going to change it up a little bit. So they made it like their own while still trying to keep it a little like the lore. But anyway, so, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a short one. But again, if you're out there, I think it's worth a watch. If you like Robert England or William Forsyth, I think this is definitely worth a watch. It's 2011 Incubus. Totally. Um, so thank you, everyone, um, for listening today or joining us today here on Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. Again, I am your host, Sarah Sin, here with my partner in crime, Nathaniel. Thanks, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Again, thank you for listening. And as always, I just like to remind everyone that there's a horror movie out there for everyone to enjoy. So thank you. <laughs>